Alrighty, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm Drew. I'm Dylan. And uh, welcome back to Triad Talks. This is our uh, 35th episode, 34th, 35th. Don't really know the exact number. Uh, but a lot of news in the sports world recently, so we'll do our best to kind of cover it uh, in anticipation for the Super Bowl weekend. So starting yeah. off with some NFL news, uh, this broke headlines recently, but uh, Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions has just been traded to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff, two first-round picks and the third-round pick. Dylan, what is your reaction to this trade? Who do you think won, and what do you think these two teams have for the future? I think uh... – the Rams definitely won this trade because mm-hmm. Jared Goff, uh, he has a very, very big contract, and mm-hmm. I just don't see him kind of becoming the big quarterback that they're going to need if they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if Stafford's going to be able to get them to that Super Bowl, but I feel they mm-hmm. could definitely make a pretty solid playoff run with Stafford. The Lions get two first-round picks. But if the Niners don't really get a QB, I think the Rams are uh, easily the second best team in that division. You know, maybe the mm-hmm. first if the Seahawks kind of play like uh, they did Trash. at the end of the season <laughs> uh, next season. But the Lions, with Stafford saying he wanted out, being able to get two first-round picks, I think is a pretty solid deal. And mm-hmm. the Rams, they kind of put themselves in a very – uh, desperate win now type of situation because uh-huh. they don't have first rounders for a very long time after that Jalen Ramsey trade mm-hmm. and this trade and I think it's going to be tough to try to win a Super Bowl with Stafford I think he's a mm-hmm. he's a very solid quarterback uh, but you see all the teams that are left they have all got elite quarterbacks Mahomes mm-hmm. Brady Rodgers you know Josh Allen but uh, I think the Rams they did what they needed to do to try and go deeper into the playoffs. So I got to mm-hmm. root for the Rams. Yeah. I like what they did with this trade. Yeah. So uh, I'd say that for the Rams, this is good because I, I definitely don't think that Jared Goff would have worked out there. I don't yeah. really like Jared Goff. I don't think he, he really displays an above average skill set in any particular area. And I think that his relationship with Sean McVay really according to some reports it it was pretty bad so I'm glad that they kind of got him out of there and they get Matt Stafford who is definitely a lot better than Jared Goff uh but Mm -hmm. I personally I think that the Lions won this trade if we're looking at it long term of course they got two first round picks and a third round pick and they also got Jared Goff so they're not completely hopeless um Jared Goff not the greatest quarterback but I mean far from the worst in the league but um Overall, I, I mean, if I'm a Lions fan, I got to be at least somewhat optimistic because you got rid of Dan Patricia. He abs- or Matt Patricia, sorry, I got yeah. confused with Dan Quinn there. Matt Patricia and Matt Patricia is absolutely horrible. Uh, so honestly, literally anyone they could hire a grapefruit as their next head coach, he would probably be better. Um, but uh, Lions fans, you guys definitely aren't making a playoff push in the next like probably two, three years easily, and it could even be more than that. But uh, if I'm a Rams fan, I'm glad that we got a quarterback. I don't know if we wanted to give up this much for him. I feel like they could have definitely gotten him for less. I think that Matt Stafford, he's a good quarterback, like Dylan said, but I don't know. He's 32 years old, so this is not exactly is. like you're getting him like a ripe 20-year-old 20, 20 that you can develop and kind of build a great franchise off of. And I definitely do think they're in a very Super Bowl or bust type of mood. I think yeah. Sean McVay definitely wants to get a Super Bowl. He's very bitter about that Bill Belichick loss. Um, and overall, I think that Sean McVay, he's a great coach. And I think that the Rams are a very well-coached team, very good team. But with defensive coordinator Brandon Staley leaving, 
you've got a lot of you got barely any cap space left and just overall you got a lot of very expensive contracts and free agents coming up next year so I think that this team is definitely in jeopardy if this Matt Stafford trade doesn't work out I think it'll work out at least somewhat they do have the receiving weapons of course they got Cooper Cup Tyler Higby Robert Robert Woods and they got a great running game and offensive line so this does have the basis to be a very solid team if all the pieces fall in the right places but uh yeah, I don't know if he, it was worth all of those picks, but I don't think it was a bad trade for either side. Yeah, so next up, we're actually going to be debuting a new segment. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be just floating out these random things. You know, it could be pretty much anything in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Say if it's overrated, underrated, or if you think so, properly rated. So mm-hmm. our first one is going to be uh, – we're going to do some uh, artists here. First one mm-hmm. is going to be Drake. So Drew, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Properly, I, I think that Drake, honestly, I mean, he's the number one artist in the world. It's hard to say that this guy's underrated. I think there are aspects to him that are definitely underrated. I think that in a lot of his more deeply, uh, deeply lyrical songs, I think that the things that he's able to say are just on par with a lot of the other, uh, w- with a lot of the other very skilled rappers in the game. And I think that definitely mm-hmm. his hit making ability is definitely the best we've seen all time. I mean, Michael Jackson is the only guy that comes close, but in the same genre, no one is close to Drake. I think that when it comes down to just overall music quality, I think that at times he can be a little bit overrated. A lot of his fans kind of say like, Oh, like I- I've heard a lot of really, a lot of really passionate Drake fans say, like, oh, he's the he's the best artist of all time. He's better than like all these other really great artists. Um, I don't think that that's true. I don't think that Drake is one of the absolute best, like top ten artists of all time amongst like any genre. But I do definitely think he's definitely one of the better artists of our generation. He's a great artist in general. I'm gonna say that he's fairly rated. I could definitely call him overrated. I don't think that there's any way you can call him underrated just because he he's the number one artist in the world. He really has not taken any steps back since like 2016, 2017. And uh, yeah, he's just gonna continue to be number one as long as he keeps churning out music. Yeah, so um, I think for the most part, uh, he's properly rated, but mm-hmm. Drew said, mm-hmm. uh, it's tough to call him underrated. I think this generation and then, like, a bit older, a bit younger, mm-hmm. they're, they're criminally underrating this guy because I'm seeing, uh, you know, TikToks. This guy's mm-hmm. not even in, like, top 35, top 40 rappers of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing, you know, nobody talks about this guy anymore, and he's still making very popular, very good songs. I'm mm-hmm. seeing these other guys with just nowhere near the talent, nowhere near mm-hmm. the skill becoming mm-hmm. – uh, bigger names amongst uh you know high schoolers and uh kids around that age mm-hmm. but i do think for the most part he is properly rated all right we're gonna move on to another artist here uh dylan do you think that little uzi vert that's gonna be our next artist do you yeah. think that he's overrated underrated or properly rated uh definitely overrated in my opinion mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. this guy's lyrics are not not very good at all whatsoever <laughs> And if you just listen to a lot of his songs, like, mm-hmm. in a row, you know, back to back, it just begins to sound very annoying to me. All of his songs are, you know, the sound is kind of, you know, very all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the lyrics is not, like, makes you think about things or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, he knows how to make some hits, uh, get some money, but in terms of talent, in terms of skill... Mm-hmm. In terms of compared to his proper popularity and success, definitely overrated in my opinion. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to side with you here, Dylan. I think definitely Luluzi is overrated right now. I think if we're talking about maybe a couple years ago, like 2016-ish, when he's starting to come into his prime a little bit, then you could make the case for underrated for sure. But I think definitely now after Eternal a Take, it's, yeah. he's definitely overrated. Like, the amount of times that I see, like, Uzi fans just absolutely, like, ride this guy and, like, say how he's, like, so great. Um, like, I there are a lot of these, like, polls online where they'll do kind of, like, these, like, uh, rapper, like, uh, polls and, like, you vote for your favorite artist. And Lil Uzi just, like, watches all of them. It's not even fun anymore. Like, you could have Lil Uzi versus Drake and, you know, like, all the kids that, like, XR2 life and, like, slit their wrists are, like, exactly. having a lot of fun. And... <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't think he's a bad artist, and I do like a lot of his songs, but just the fan base is just overrating him a lot right now. So I think right now we just need the wave of Uzi fans and D-Riders to kind of just calm down, and then maybe we can enjoy his music without them kind of ruining it for us. Next up, NBA player Luka Doncic, overrated or underrated? Um, I'm going to say that he's fairly rated. I think that Luka Doncic, he, he's great for what he is as a player. I think he, he can score when you want him to. I think he did have a little bit of trouble at the beginning of the season this season, but uh, the Mavs have kind of snapped out of that. Um, but overall, I think that he's fairly rated just because his skill set is very unique and he's a very solid all-around player. I think he's definitely a top 10 player in the NBA pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do definitely think he's a great player. Uh, I think you could make the case for overrated just off of his performance in the beginning of the season, but I think he's definitely a fair, fairly rated player. Yeah, I have to agree. I think he's properly rated as well. Uh, there's just not – I think him and LeBron are really, like, the only guys I could think of off of my head that put up 25-plus points and also carry the amount of playmaking uh, on their team. You know, Donkage and LeBron mm-hmm. can easily go on out and get 10 assists and also put up rebounds. Just the overall burden that he has to carry for his team at such a young age – and uh, the wins, you know, the record isn't that hot right now, but Kristaps Porzingis has been injured about, like, 90% of the season right now. He's just coming back. Uh, his three ball isn't the best, but if there's one thing a player can develop in the NBA, it's definitely mm-hmm. a three ball. You see guys do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I think he's properly rated right now. He's definitely a superstar player in the future of basketball. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Now we're going to move on to a YouTuber here, YouTube personality, Flight Reacts. Dylan, do you think he's overrated, underrated? What do so you think? this one is a bit interesting in my opinion. If you were mm-hmm. going to ask me in June, uh, I would have said <laughs> overrated. Mm-hmm. Right now, I do think it's pretty properly rated. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. people see him for what he is. You know, he's an entertaining guy, uh, mm-hmm. just does things, gets a lot of views, um, can make you laugh and all of that stuff. But if you're kind of talking, like, you know, his music or, like, elite basketball type of player thing, that's just not where you're supposed to be rating off of him. You're rating him as an entertainer, and I think he's pretty properly rated in terms of that. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think with the new wave of flight fans slash memers coming in, I think the flight is now overrated. I don't mm. think that he's overrated. I think the community is just making him overrated. I think – when Steph Curry noticed him and then people started like watching his rage thing, sports center started posting him. I feel yeah, like he's, that's gotten, true, that's true. He's, he's gotten too big. And I would like to say, I would like the record to show that uh, me and a friend actually discovered flights, rage compilations and everything before he actually blew up. So I'd like to say that I was proudly on that wave for a solid six months before 
the big flight in June surge started happening. Uh, just wanted to put that out there. Not really, kind of a brag, but I don't care. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say overrated just because I feel like the fan base right now is kind of overrating him a little bit. Um, I, I just feel like he, he's a little bit too hyped up right now for me to call him like underrated or something. All right, next up, social media app TikTok. What you got? Um, I have never downloaded TikTok. I have seen TikToks. I think it has been all over the internet, obviously. Um, and I, I've seen I've seen a great deal of them just because of other social media sites and everything. And I'm just gonna say I hate this app so much. This app makes me like hate humanity. It's just I think it's top like three worst apps ever created. I'm obviously I'm gonna say overrated just because like so many people use it and think it's like the best thing ever. But trust me, in the next like year or two, this is gonna fall off so hard. It's gonna be like musically like Vine. It's just gonna fall off incredibly hard. I'm going to join the pessimistic train here and say that I, I hate this app so much. There's nothing I can say positive about it. It, it just it's like a cesspool of human waste. And uh, I, it disgusts me to look at this app and say this is the future of our humanity. And also. Let me actually throw a little bit of shade here at the TikTok influencers. If I can set my camera up in my bathroom and do a little dance like an idiot to a some popular song and I can get like millions of dollars and build my career based off of that, that that's just ridiculous. I hate this app so much because it's kind of an easy lane for a lot of like more attractive looking people who just kind of dance around, <laughs> act like idiots in front of a camera and then they get sponsorship deals and yeah, maybe I'm bitter because they have more success than I do, but I, I don't really care. It's not a sustainable way of really having a career, and I just feel like TikTok in general is is the stupidest thing I think humanity has ever created. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I do think it is overrated, but uh, a lot less passionate about that overrated than Drew <laughs> seems to be. Uh, I think, you know, if you're looking, there are some good TikToks out there that are funny, you know, make you laugh, mm -hmm. you know, maybe are very insightful. But the ratio uh, of that compared to just, just garbage, yeah. <laughs> not funny things at all whatsoever, is just not not good enough for me to say this app's properly rated or underrated. Uh, you know, it is kind of a easy way to get, not easy, of course, but a fairly easier way to get, like, famous, you know, gain a following. I think it could be yeah. underrated in terms of that way if you're trying to do that. But for the people who are just using it as entertainment, mm -hmm. it's just just overrated at whatsoever and then the community is just so oh toxic my. i'm seeing yeah. these like college admission reaction tiktoks oh and people my. are like posting their stats or something like mm -hmm. like 15 20 sat uh, you mm -hmm. know got deferred or something like that and then like <laughs> all of these comments are like 15 20 that's so bad blah blah and then it's just creating such a toxic culture and these are just mm -hmm. random like accounts if you click on their account they have like two followers and follow like mm -hmm. 500 people they don't even have a profile picture they're just like fading into just creating this toxic community mm -hmm. tiktok you know has some good content out there but definitely overrated for the most part yeah and i say like the people that just they there are a lot of people that base their entire personality off of that app and their experiences on that app and it's just yeah like i said before and i stick to it again it's a cesspool of human activity uh, but moving on here to something that I do not think is a cesspool of human activity, that is fantasy football. I'm going to go and start us off with this one. I think that fantasy football is a little bit underrated. I just think that if you're an NFL fan, and you, it's just a really fun thing to do with your friends. You don't even need to do it for money. A lot of misconceptions about it is you need to pay to play fantasy football, which is not the case. You can do it for free 
Uh, me and Dylan, mm-hmm. we we use ESPN. That's not a plug. We're not getting sponsored by ESPN, obviously. But uh, just overall, I feel like the experience for me in more recent years, as I'm starting to get more and more into football, has just been so much more enjoyable. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless of whether your team sucks or not, it's a lot better than, say, like fantasy basketball, where you have to update your team lineup literally every single day. And if like someone just decides to do some load management crap, like you can't do anything about that. And it's just a lot more time consuming and just really annoying and starts to become a chore for stuff like NBA basketball. But for football, since you only have 16 weeks and uh, a lot of well, well, some leagues do 17. Our league does 16 because a lot of starters rest in week 17. So it just makes sense to do it that way. You can finish your entire season in the NFL regular season, which is just like four months. And you can do your draft like before and everything. I mean, yeah, you do have the injury risk, but uh, you have the injury risk in basically any fantasy sport. And just overall, I I have a lot of fun playing this. I'm going to say it's underrated just because not a whole lot of people do it. Um, So if you're a sports fan, I would definitely recommend it just if you want to do it for fun. Uh, I just really like the experience. Yeah, I uh, also agree that this is underrated. Uh, a lot of people are kind of, you know, missing out on this, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. There's lots of people, who, you know, who just watch football, who don't have a fantasy team. Or there's people, you know, who do, like, um, sports betting uh, mm-hmm. with, like, things like DraftKings and things like that. I think – and they're not playing fantasy football because, you know, they're researching bets or whatever. I think mm-hmm. it's just a super fun thing to do. You know, you basically just get to make your own team, draft mm-hmm. your own team, obviously. And if you're competing against friends, you know, obviously that – exponentially multiplies how much fun it is but mm-hmm. i love playing fantasy football every year it comes around i get hyped you know, every time for the draft and things like mm-hmm. that uh and just this consistency uh that it brings uh it has mm-hmm. to be underrated in my opinion oh yeah i definitely agree now uh we're gonna transition back into some nfl news uh deshaun watson no news to a lot of you guys but he has demanded a trade he wants to get out of houston despite the fact that they demanded despite the fact that they hired a new head coach uh he is named the new york jets with new recently acquired uh head coach rob sala from the san francisco 49ers uh dylan how where do you think that deshaun should go and do you think that the jets would be a good fit for him the deshaun watson uh wants out of houston after they give away deandre hopkins i completely get that Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien is not doing anything to help him. The organization is not doing anything to help him. And then he comes out and says that he wants to go to arguably the number one poverty <laughs> franchise in the National <laughs> Football League in the New York Jets. They haven't produced any talent. They haven't They haven't won games. They couldn't even get Trevor Lawrence this year after having easily the worst roster in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. And then all the success that I'm seeing that the Jets could have that mm-hmm. the media saying they could have is so heavily dependent on free agent signings. Mm-hmm. It's not on them having uh, players grow that they already have drafted. Uh, Jamison Crowder is their best offensive weapon. Yeah. No disrespect to him. He's a pretty solid wide receiver, but is mm-hmm. he really the Jets really isn't an upgrade at all from the Houston yeah. Texans team that he has right now. It's definitely a downgrade. The mm-hmm. defense is mediocre. And just the fact that he does all this complaining to get out of Houston, which I completely understand. But then to just go around and say you want to go to the Jets, it's just mind-boggling to me. It's yeah. absolutely mind-boggling. But if I am Deshaun Watson, I'm heavily pushing to go to the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, mm-hmm. they're one QB away from being an immediate Super Bowl contender. I think Watson mm-hmm. 
definitely makes him that guy. If not the mm-hmm. 49ers, I'm trying to go to the Colts. The Colts, mm-hmm. uh, Phillip Rivers just retired. They've mm-hmm. got a very good run game, very good defense. T.Y. Hilton, veteran wide receiver. You know, Pittman mm-hmm. Jr. is a pretty solid young wide receiver. And they're still in that same division, which isn't too hot uh, in terms of, you know, um, success. I mean, the Colts, mm-hmm. I think you can definitely run that division for a few years. So mm-hmm. Niners and Colts are teams I'm pushing. If I'm Deshaun, definitely not the New York Jets. Yeah, um, I, like Dylan said, this is the number one poverty franchise in football. I, I don't know, man. Like, Deshaun, you're going from the Texans, which is a absolutely horrible organization, to the New York Jets, which frankly isn't much better. I mean, the only real motivation I see behind him wanting to go there is Rob Sala, because I think that Rob Sala is a tremendous defensive coordinator, and I think he will make a very good head coach. But mm. I feel like that's just not enough, because this yeah. team is – in its rebuilding stages. This is not an immediate playoff team at all. This team has no run game. You have Frank Gore, who's your leading rusher, and he, he's he's like 45. Then you've got an offensive line, which is like halfway decent. you got Mekhi Becton, who's good, but like everyone else on that offensive line isn't very good. you got Sam Darnold, whose NFL career is probably over because he can't play well, and his, his coach is gone. And then you got this defense, which really isn't very good. It was ranked yeah. 30th in the NFL, so – what are they even going to do to make that better? Why is Deshaun wanting to go there? It, it really – why is that your number one choice? Like, if you gave me an opportunity to either go to, like, New York or if you want me to go to, like, Alaska – or no, Alaska is a pretty good, pretty good place. I feel like I'm kind of disparaging Alaska, but it's either, like, <laughs> you want me to go to, like, some, like, absolutely horrible country where I'm probably going to get stabbed and murdered, or do you want me to go to, like <laughs> – a really nice, like, vacation home. Like, you could go to the Colts or the 49ers, like Dylan said. He could have a much better career. The 49ers, I think, is a decent fit. I feel like they're a little bit of, there's a little bit of a learning curve just because of the Shanahan system, and the 49ers aren't used to having a super mobile quarterback in that system, just given the fact that you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are definitely some adaptations that need to occur from both Deshaun Watson and the 49ers. Uh, but I do definitely like the Colts. I think I might even like the Colts a little bit more. I think mm. the Colts' offensive line is very, very good. Quentin Nelson, three sacks in his entire career. That is absolutely incredible. Um, and you have a you have a top five offensive line in the NFL. You have a great run game with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. You have a developing wide receiver with Michael Pittman, like Dylan said. You got T.Y. Hilton. He might retire. I don't think he will. But he's still a solid option. Then on the defensive side, you got a top 10, top five defense. I, I feel like that's the way to go. I think the 49ers, despite the fact that they're a great team, and they definitely are, like Dylan said, a quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl. I feel like the Colts are a better fit just because they don't really have a very specific scheme uh, like the 49ers do. So I feel like if the 49ers do force Sean to kind of conform into that system, then it might not be the best for his production. But I feel like the Colts, just given the fact that they had an ailing Philip Rivers. They were able to go to the playoffs. I feel like with a great quarterback, they can definitely make a deep playoff run. And uh, if I'm Deshaun, I'm going to the 49ers or the Colts. But I personally, for Deshaun, I prefer the Colts. Yeah, so we're going to be moving on to some NBA talk right now. After a decent sample size we've seen throughout the season right now, Drew, if you're naming MVP of the league, who you got right now? I'm going to be completely honest here. I mean, I'm not trying to please our uh, – Bay Area fans, but I got Steph Curry, dude. He lost his number two option, Clay Thompson, and he's putting up a great season. 
he can score from anywhere. His three-point shooting seems to be at an all-time high, and this is coming off of an injury, a serious injury, mind you. And he's absolutely carrying this team. He is the only reason that this team is in the playoff in the playoff race, and I feel like he, he's the primary reason of why this team is really relevant in the first place. James Wiseman, I think he's a good player, but he's just not really given a lot of time. I think that's more of just a kind of learning curve, adapting to the NBA type of thing. But Steph Curry single-handedly carrying this team. I mean, 27.7 points per game. He's seventh in the sixth in the NBA. He's not doing too well on dishing the ball. But when you have Kelly Oubre Jr. as a teammate who single-handedly brought down the entire franchise's three-point percentage to 30% instead of what it could have been 44%, one man shooting slump really brought that team down 14%. That sucks. But Steph Curry is just absolutely carrying this team. He is playing some of the best basketball that I've seen him play from a scoring perspective. And I think that the fact that he's doing this all without a second option, Clay Thompson, you got an ailing Draymond Green, just not an amazing team. on. Draymond's not ailing. He's just never that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially especially, we have talked about Draymond Green on the podcast in the past. So I'll save you you guys the speech. But overall, I feel like Steph is the MVP. Just if you're looking about the player that is putting his team in the position to win and making sure that that team is competitive. I feel like that's Steph Curry. Yeah, so I do like that pick. But mm-hmm. 11 and 9, uh, barely mm-hmm. making uh, the playoffs as of right now. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to get it done for an MVP, in my opinion. Well, I okay. do think, you know, he definitely is one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MVP has historically gone to, you know, a team with an elite record, you know, one of the better teams in their conferences. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, my MVP is Nikola Jokic. So Nikola Jokic. Oh yeah, that's a great pick. That's a great. Averaging pick. 26 points, 12 rebounds, and nine assists. Basically, a triple double from a center is. Wait, absolutely... what position does he play, Dylan? From a center, center. Exactly. Yeah, 26, 12, and nine. Basically, triple double from a center. They're 12 and eight right now, but that is fourth in the West. Fourth in the mm-hmm. West at 12 and eight. With Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. having uh, missed a lot of time from injuries and uh, Mike Malone's just refusal to play Michael Porter Jr. high-quantity minutes is just mind-boggling to me. And then uh, if you look at the other guy, I think most uh, media uh, analysts right now have Joel Embiid as their MVP. Uh, Joel Embiid is averaging 28 points, but... A playmaking role that Jokic has to carry mm-hmm. is just something Embiid doesn't have to do at all. I mean, Jokic mm-hmm. runs this offense, Murray uh, and Jokic. Jokic is the leading assist man on this team. Embiid, obviously not going to mm-hmm. do that with guys. Uh, <laughs> Embiid is a dependent guy, but Jokic is able to score and make guys dependent on his assists. It's just absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Just. Basically, he's the entire offense, 12 and 8, mm-hmm. four seed in the West, with Murray and MPJ being out, has to be my MVP right now. Yeah, I completely agree with that pick, Dill. And I'd like to uh, call out Jad Kayata here. Jad Kayata, not a big fan of Nikola Jokic. Both me and Dylan had him pretty high on our top 10 list in the start of this season. And Jad, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say sorry here, but you're going to have to eat those words because he's having an amazing season. But uh, <laughs> mo- moving on here. A little bit of a roast at Jad there. We're going to move on to our NBA surprise slash disappointment. Uh, we're going to be first sharing our surprise. Because this could either be a team, a player, or an event that we are surprised at. And a disappointment, again, a team, a player, or an event that disappointed us this season. 
Dylan, what's your surprise for this NBA yeah, season? So my surprise, we actually were just discussing him, is going to be Joel Embiid himself because mm-hmm. I thought the 76ers were, you know, going to be just going nonchalant throughout the season, kind of slacking, didn't mm-hmm. get hardened uh, mm-hmm. after a lot of talk there. And I just haven't seen historical motivate that I haven't seen that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you know, have the motivation and the drive to kind of become like elite superstar duo type of players that make deep runs in the playoffs. Um, you know, who knows if they'll be able to make deep runs in the playoffs. But they're the number one seed in the East right now, and Embiid is having easily his best season so far. And he's mm-hmm. in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation with his rim mm-hmm. protection. And coming off of lots of injuries, off of a lot of heartbreaking playoff or losses, uh, I'm very surprised to see how Embiid is playing this year. Um, my surprise of this season is actually a player as well. Uh, Detroit Pistons, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, oh, yeah. I think, is definitely the leading contender for most improved player. I think Christian Wood is also probably a candidate there. But Jeremy Grant, he's just absolutely taken off this season. Last season, he averaged 12 points per game. This season, he's averaging uh, well over 23 points per game. Uh, just a leap in all statistical categories. And, I mean, this Pistons team isn't very strong, but Jeremy Grant went from uh, kind of a role player to uh, a really good player on uh, otherwise not very great Pistons team. And I think definitely he's a good player. I When I saw the series with the uh, Nuggets last year, the Nuggets-Lakers, he was one of the primary reasons that that series was able to be so close. I think when he went out with an injury, that kind of sucked for the Nuggets. But I think overall he's just kind of showing that he does have a, a pretty high ceiling, and I definitely do think he, he has improved quite a bit. So that's a surprise to me. Yeah, so moving on to disappointment, my disappointment is going to be the Toronto Raptors organization because Ooh, yeah. this team has very solid players, Kyle Lowry, uh, mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. OG Ananobi's having a very good season, and they last year in the bubble, they barely lose to the Celtics in Game 7 in the mm-hmm. to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is the yeah. same team, they didn't lose anybody in free agency, no significant mm-hmm. injuries so far this season, and they're eight and twelve out of the playoff mm-hmm. picture in the Eastern Conference at the tenth seed mm-hmm. currently. That's just mm-hmm. really embarrassing. They were really, uh, I think they were like four and ten to like start the season. Mm-hmm. They've kind of been mm-hmm. turning it around, but eight and twelve after almost making the Eastern Conference Finals is my disappointment of the year so far. Yeah, um, there were kind of two teams that I was looking at here too, Dylan, from the East. Uh, one of them, I'm going to kind of give a dishonor- dishonorable mention to the Miami Heat here. Couldn't really give it to them since they suffered some injuries to both Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I could, so I couldn't really blame that all on the, the Heat. But uh, I'm going to say that the Washington Wizards have been a mm. pretty huge disappointment. Yes, you do miss Russell Westbrook with a quad injury, which kind of keeps him sidelined. But Bradley Beal puts up like 47, 60 and yeah. like 30 and he plays that he's played absolutely incredible this entire season i'd say that he's definitely top five top three in the mvp race this season but uh he, he's absolutely balling out and i see a lot of people lighten liking him to the deshaun watson of the nba yeah. just because he is a star on a team that just can't get anything else going i mean yeah thomas bryant's loss at the end of the year was definitely a big loss for them as they have to fill that kind of roll at center and they did pull off a shocking win against the Brooklyn Nets today but overall this, this Wizards team 4 and 12 and you told me that 
that uh, Bradley Beal was going to get a really good point guard with uh, Russell Westbrook this season. I did not think that the worst record in the league was what was going to follow. And this team is, I feel like if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm crying myself to sleep every night. Like this team just sucks. It it is an embarrassment to watch the rest of this team other than Bradley Beal touch the basketball. I just feel like Bradley Beal should just play one on five at this point. Yeah, so uh, that'll wrap up for our surprise disappointment. Moving on to some other uh, sad news. Uh, <laughs> is Dennis Smith Jr. On, of the New York Knicks uh, requesting mm-hmm. to the, be sent to the G League? Drew, mm-hmm. what is your reaction to this? Do you remember when Dennis Smith Jr. was in the dunk contest? Absolutely. Yeah, he's not even starting for the New York Knicks now. That That is such a fall-off, such an incredible fall-off, and this guy, he, he he got rapped about in a J. Cole song saying, like, Dennis Smith Jr. I'm not going to repeat it because it has a racial slur in it, but he kind of propped up Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and saying, like, how he, he wasn't going to fail. But uh, J. Cole is definitely wrong with that one because this guy, he sucks now. He can't even start on the Knicks. And from what I'm seeing from him, he, he has incredible athletic ability. He can dunk the ball with ease. But really, his other parts of the game are just lacking. He has a very bit bad turnover problem. He his, he can't just rely on his athleticism alone. He can't. He doesn't have a great shot because he's not a super tall player. He can't just get by with dunking over everyone um, because his the rest of his game isn't super well rounded. And I mean, maybe I, if if I'm him, I, I hope that I can go to the G League, kind of get things sorted out, and kind of develop myself as a player and learn from my mistakes in the past, but right now he's not even the number two point guard on the New York Knicks. That, that requires some revisiting on your past mistakes. Um, yeah. So Dennis Smith Jr. Is averaging three points, 0.7 rebounds and one assist on the dot this mm-hmm. season. He's not starting for the New York Knicks and he's barely getting any minutes, even coming off of the bench. And <laughs> this is just so sad because he was part of a blockbuster trade. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mav sent, um, him over to the Knicks. Knicks gave the Mavs a uh, Porzingis, and he had a pretty solid rookie season. Uh, he had a lot of potential, I would say. I think he still has this potential somewhere. Uh, I don't oh, yeah. know how much this is entirely his fault. You know, surely he hasn't been playing too good. Uh, you know, I haven't watched a single Knicks game all season, but uh, <laughs> the Knicks, their inability to develop players is just. I think this is a testament to that because this guy had a lot of potential. He was having success his rookie year. He goes to the Knicks and then just completely falls off. I mean, how many times have we seen that over the past mm-hmm. decade or so? And, uh, you know, maybe this G League thing will work out. You know, hopefully it does. But it's just it just frustrates me seeing the Knicks just getting all <laughs> these guys in big trades yeah. in the draft and just not being able to do anything. Yeah, my guy Phil Jackson is a real thing for drafting power forwards. He can't seem to develop his own players. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he can recover. But uh, moving on here, we're going to move on to an NFL topic. This is sure to hit home with some of our San Francisco 49er faithful fans. Uh, Dylan, who do you think is the better tight end? And I think this is a debate that has spanned across the last couple of years as both these guys have Mm -hmm. been number one and number two in the tight end conversation, respectively. Who do you think is better, George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, and why? So, if you were to ask me last season, mm-hmm. I'd have said George Kittle, but mm-hmm. you know, times are changing. I got Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey as the number one tight end right now. The yeah. consistency with how this guy can get 100-plus yards 
one mm-hmm. to two touchdowns is I've never seen anything like it from before at the tight end mm-hmm. position. You know, even the wide receiver position, I still don't see that many people doing that, if any mm-hmm. at all. And mm-hmm. I've seen this guy route up defensive backs. He's getting shadowed by yep. DB ones as a tight end, which is just absolutely crazy. Yep. Uh, linebackers obviously have no chance at guarding him. Kels- Kittle, excuse me, is a better blocker, obviously. But mm-hmm. if you're going to be the best at your position, you got to put up big numbers. Got to come through in the clutch. Kittle does come up through in the clutch, but Kelsey just puts up way more numbers. And uh, I do think Kittle, obviously, the better fit in the Niners scheme. Kelsey the better mm-hmm. fit in the Chiefs scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think Kelsey is the better player. It's just if you're the number one guy, you got to put up the big numbers, in my opinion. And Kittle does that more. Kelsey does that more than Kittle, excuse me. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm a little bit different than you here, Dylan. But if you asked me that same question a year ago, I still would have given you Travis Kelsey, and I'm still going to give you Travis Kelsey now. I just feel like George Kittle, he's an incredible player, and I think that he's definitely a top two tight end in the league, and he definitely has not been to at some of those moments. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just the play that I've seen from Travis Kelsey has been flat out incredible. I'm so glad that I drafted this guy in fantasy football, and he was just an absolute stud. This guy, he was fifth in the fifth in the league in receptions and second in the league in reception yards. You can you can amount that to Patrick Mahomes, you can amount that to a high volume, whatever, but the fact of the matter is this guy had two back to back fourteen hundred plus yard seasons. That has never been done by a tight end ever in NFL history. That is just incredible to me. And I just feel like this guy, he, he can catch a lot of really tough balls and he runs great routes, and I think that's really what separates the two. I think that Kittle, Kittle is a great route runner, but Kelsey is incredible. He can he can keep up with a lot of wide receivers in the league. He has great footwork. I think, like Dylan said, I think that Kittle is definitely the better blocker of the two, but I think when it just comes to playing the tight end position, especially in this very pass-heavy pass heavy league, I think that Travis Kelsey is definitely the better player. I think he can definitely be in the conversation for best tight end all time. Mm. I'll take it at the end there, but, you know, maybe yep. maybe that'll work out. But uh, mm-hmm. another NFL thing, there's been kind of some reports uh, you've seen throughout the Browns season, you know, should mm-hmm. Odell be traded? You know, did Odell play his last game with the Browns? With the Browns, excuse me. So, Drew, if you're the Browns, do you trade Odell Beckham Jr. right now? See, this is a very, very interesting topic for me because you have Jarvis Landry on the Browns already, and he has proved himself more than capable of being a number one wide receiver. You have a team that without Odell Beckham Jr. was still able to get into the playoffs. And you have a team that just continuously keeps to get better under coach Kevin Stefanski. I think Stefanski is an incredible hire for the Browns organization. One of the best hires they've ever made, which is a rare thing to say. I think that this team is going to continue to get better. But I think this team has some holes defensively. I think especially at the secondary positions. Mm -hmm. And yes, Odell is an incredible generational talent. But I just feel like given his injury problems and his inconsistent play and the fact that you already have a great wide receiver in Jarvis Landry, I just feel like you, you, got, you, can, you can get some value for him in the trade market because there, there are some positions on that team to be filled. And I feel like wide receiver, I mean, as much as I like Odell Beckham Jr. and I like the Browns team, I feel like, I feel like it would just be better for the Browns organization to kind of deal him. I, I think that Odell is a f- fantastic player, but I feel like, by limiting Jarvis's kind of volume, I feel like this overall pass attack just gets weaker. And I, I don't know. I feel like the, the better fit for the Browns long-term, I think, would definitely be getting rid of Odell. 
Yeah, so I disagree. I just don't see Okay. Odell Beckham, one fully healthy physically and mentally, is an elite, mm-hmm. elite, elite wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've said I think he has the best hands in the league when he's fully healthy. I think I've said before, you know, he's a top three wide receiver um, back, you know, in the Giants days if he's fully healthy mm-hmm. and all of that. Baker, mm-hmm. you know, did take uh, tremendous, tremendous strides this season. You know, I've been saying, yep. uh, you know, he can do this all along, finally put mm-hmm. it together in a season. And I'm seeing mm-hmm. just people say uh, it's because, you know, oh, uh, Odell wasn't out. He didn't have to force the ball to him. So, you know, sure, mm-hmm. he's forcing the ball to him a little bit, but Baker's a new QB now. Odell mm-hmm. has been playing injured a lot with the Browns. And the bottom line is with Odell Beckham out, their WR2 is Donovan's Peoples Jones or a tight end <laughs> being their second target. Um, I want to see this version of Baker Mayfield with a fully healthy Odell Beckham Jr. before you just pull the trigger on an elite mm-hmm. wide receiver. I don't know how much uh, trade value he's going to bring, you know, with his injury history and, yeah. you know, just a, maybe a lot of teams just not wanting to take on Odell. But I think mm-hmm. Baker can do it. Uh, I think their kind of new coaching style should mm-hmm. uh, help that out as well. He's not Stefanski's not very uh, confrontational kind of guy mm-hmm. from what I've been seeing. I think that'll be good for Odell. But yeah. you just can't lose such an elite, elite wide receiver when he's fully healthy. And the defense, it is pretty bad in the secondary. <laughs> but I just don't know how you'd be able to fix that with an Odell trade right now. So... Keep him for another year or two. See what Baker could do with him before you pull the trigger, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair, just given the fact that these two haven't had a lot of snaps together. Um, I, I, I just feel personally, I feel like you get rid of Odell just because of that injury history. Yes, his value is probably lesser, but I feel like you want to get a good secondary player. And I, I think this Browns team can definitely make a playoff run if they have the right pieces. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like shipping off Odell can definitely make that happen. But Overall, I, I feel like it's really – it's open to debate. It's not like there's a cr- clear right answer. It's just kind of a difference of opinion, and I don't think either option would be bad for the Browns. But uh, moving on here, we're going to be going on to more of a uh, opinion-based question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan, if you played in the NFL, which three positions would you want to play and why? Yeah, so for me, uh, number one, uh, I think stereotypical answer is QB. Yeah. Uh yeah quarterback you know is a lot of fun to play you know you're basically just in control of the entire offense if you're in a Mm -hmm. superstar QB you're basically living the life you know I'm saying Uh, I Mm -hmm. don't think anybody is gonna attest to that but second Mm -hmm. and third for me my second position I would want to play is actually cornerback because cornerback for me uh, I like playing cornerback uh, in real life uh, playing some football (laughs) Uh, I like watching cornerbacks. Jalen Ramsey is probably uh, one of my top five favorite NFL players. And it's just like the scheme. Uh, you just get that trash talking locked in battle with a wide receiver. And then like with the wide receiver, I was thinking you're, you're dependent on the QB. Uh, oh, yeah. Certainly, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to, you're not in control of your entire destiny cornerback. You're controlling everything you can do. And I think it's just a lot of fun. You're just, on the spotlight a lot. And then mm-hmm. third, my third is actually another defensive position, free safety. Basically okay. almost close to cornerback. 
But, you know, mm-hmm. you're kind of in the back, you know, lurking that mm-hmm. defense. Sounds mm-hmm. very, very appealing to me. I don't know. But I kind of like the secondary mm-hmm. players. I think they're definitely yeah. my, like, my favorite uh, defensive position for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just free safety, cornerback, very high. Free safety for sure is a very high IQ position to play. Uh, you know, I yeah. like that style of football if I were to gonna be wanting to play that. So free safety mm-hmm. and cornerback are my two and three for me, but quarterback is still my number one. Uh, I don't have any defensive positions on my my kind of list. I am definitely a smaller built person with a smaller frame, so I don't think I would do too well in trying to bring down some of the bigger players. Um, but yeah, I think that definitely free safety, strong safety would definitely be probably a position that I would pick if I had to play defense. Because like you kind of you're you're there for like support, so I think that's definitely a great pick. But uh, my number one, like Dylan, obviously quarterback. I think I I throw a decent ball, and I feel like it's the most fun position for me to play personally. I mean, I, I just really like playing quarterback. It's fun to like Dylan said, just trying to control the whole field. Mm-hmm. My second position actually is going to be running back. I just love being super elusive. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I love running running with the football as a quarterback anyway. Um, mm. In the two v two games that me and Dylan play, we usually do. We don't really do a whole lot of running plays, just given the fact that it doesn't really work. But uh, I, I just really like running back. I like the idea of getting outside and getting fil- f- getting fed the ball and just kind of cutting up field, finding a hole, and just getting a touchdown. I feel like that's really fun. <laughs> and then my third position is actually just going to be wide receiver. I'm not going to say cornerback, just because uh, I feel like. I'm a little. I mean, yeah, cornerbacks they can be littler, but I feel like you can get away with being a little littler wide receiver if you're faster than a littler cornerback. Because if you get if you're a littler cornerback, then if you get put on a taller wide receiver, it's a mismatch every single time. But uh, not really the case because there are a lot of really fast wide receivers, and if you're in a quarterback position, then you're already going to be kind of vulnerable to the movements of the other guy. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like as a wide receiver, it's so much fun to just kind of make a cut inside, watch the defender bite, and just like break his ankles and just get away from him. I, I feel like it's a lot of fun. I don't think I'm the best at catching the ball, but I feel like just routing <laughs> up people, probably top five all time, just one of the best route runners in the game. Um, but, yeah, I think those are my three quarterback, running back, wide receiver in that order. Nice, nice. Offensive heavy, I see. But uh, yeah. our final segment, closing segment, as usual, one thing we love, one thing we hate. I'm going to start out. I'm going to go love today. One thing I love, okay. Drew actually made a quick reference to it earlier. Is the Washington Wizards beating the Brooklyn Nets? I watched uh, the entire fourth quarter of this game. Uh, obviously, uh-huh. uh, I kind of like Westbrook. I think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate. I love watching him in hyper mode when he's playing against Cupcake Kevin Durant, and he put up 41 <laughs> points on 16 for 28 shooting, which is very, very good for Westbrook being such a mm-hmm. high volume shooter. And the mm-hmm. fashion in which the Nets lost makes me the most happy. Uh, yeah. I'm not a Nets hater because I like James Harden, but Kevin Durant mm-hmm. call me a hater for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. the Nets are up by five with 12 seconds left, and Beal comes mm-hmm. down and makes a three pointer, and the incredible three pointer. Nets are inbounding, and Kevin Durant is trying to seal off a guy for an inbounds pass, and then he mm-hmm. ends up cutting to try and get open again. But the inbounder mm-hmm. throws it to Kevin Durant where he was still sealing the guy off to try and get the pass. So then the yeah. Wizards steal it. Uh, I forgot who stole it. It was some random guy. Kicks into Westbrook and hits a go-ahead three against Kevin Durant with Westbrook. You know, a big narrative is that he's not a very good shooter. Uh, and mm-hmm. he just actually, on their two possessions ago, they were down by two. 
and he shot mm-hmm. a contested step back three with 14 seconds left. It was a horrible, horrible shot selection, and he redeemed <laughs> himself with this go-ahead three. I just mm-hmm. loved watching him get hyped after he made this. And then mm-hmm. the Nets come down, inbound it. Kevin Durant is kind of curling off a screen, and Westbrook mm-hmm. pokes the ball away from KD, saving a potential game-winning layup because it was going to be KD uh-huh. versus Roy Hachimura at the rim. KD could have pulled up, <laughs> taken a layup, dunked on him. Who knows what would have happened. And then this really, really annoyed me. So the Nets are inbounding it underneath the basket, mm-hmm. and they're trying to post up Kevin Durant on Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook wants that matchup against KD, something I love to see. And he mm-hmm. po- KD tries to kind of post-slash-steal off Westbrook, but Westbrook is literally just jamming him. And he forces uh-huh. KD to stand upright like a stick, and he's just not uh-huh. even getting open. And Kyrie Irving literally travels so hard. He literally is walking <laughs> with the ball on the inbounds pass. And mm-hmm. two refs are literally watching him inbound the ball. Nobody calls anything. This mm-hmm. uh, Lua Carrot Carabo guy or whatever cuts. <laughs> makes a really nice cut. Misses the layup. Mm-hmm. The Nets, like, had an illegal foul or something like that off the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the Wizards ended up winning this. And it just makes me so happy that uh, Westbrook and Beal were able to have uh, success beating Kevin Durant. And then just mm-hmm. it really annoys me when if a team wins with, like, a big knock from the with the refs because Kyrie – literally traveled mm-hmm. the announcers i was watching the wizards broadcast they were literally screaming uh-huh. so loud because <laughs> Kyrie took at least four steps to try and get closer to the basket and it's just mm-hmm. westbrook beating kd is going to make me happy every single time that happens yeah it was a great ending i mean six points in seven seconds that was that was a great ending uh i also have a love for today uh couldn't really come up with a whole lot but then i remembered i watched a really good movie this weekend it's called uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's uh, with, uh, if you guys like Breaking Bad, it's with the guy who played Todd in that series, um, as well as uh, some other actors and actresses, but uh, not super famous, and I don't really remember their names, to be honest. Or Tony Collette, my bad. I, I forgot she was in the movie as well. But overall, it's, it's a Charlie Kaufman film. I really like Charlie Kaufman. I think he's a great filmmaker, and I think his visions are super unique. This is definitely no different. He makes some very confusing movies. And yeah, this movie confused me from start to finish. Only after until I kind of got an explanation of everything. I was like, okay, yeah, that that I like the, the direction that this movie is going in. Even without understanding it, I absolutely love the movie. It did come out last year. So I will say with confidence that I think it is probably the best movie, in my opinion, that I watched last year. I think uh, my top three would definitely be uh, that movie... Uh, what was the other one? Oh, The Devil All the Time. That's with Robert Pattinson, um, Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård. And then my third would probably be Sound of Metal. That's with Riz Ahmed. That's a good movie. Um, but yeah, this is probably my number one for last year. I mean, yeah, I did watch it this year. But overall, it's a really solid movie. It's really, really confusing. And it's not for everyone. So I wouldn't recommend, like, if, if it's like family movie night, don't watch this with your parents. Uh, it's, it's really weird. And it's not super, it's not super clear. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I really like the movie for what it is. I, I'm a big movie guy, so, I, I mean, I just really like this movie. I like the story that it tried to tell, and I think that the themes that it tried to convey were really deep and meaningful, and I think it was a good movie. Yeah, so that's going to wrap up our podcast. Our next one is going to be our Super Bowl reaction, Tampa Bay. Yep. You know, versus that's going to be a big one. That's going to be a big one, so make sure you guys tune into that. But other than that, that's going to wrap up our uh, wrap up our episode.